Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of our 150th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Everybody's still here this week. I'm here with Wyatt, Jared, Bart, and Aiden. And that first person I mentioned, he's going to start off the show this week with a little victory lap. He had one in our earlier show this week talking about the Denver Broncos and how bad they are. And he's right yet again on something, so we'll let him just sort of go in on it. Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers coach, uh, was fired. This past week, uh, something Wyatt had predicted. So, Wyatt, take your victory lap again. It's like a half victory lap. I'm going to stop at the 300-meter mark. Um, I don't think <laughs> that – I think a lot of people saw that this coming, that Matt Rule was going to get fired. He was on the hot seat going into this year, and when I said that he was going to get fired by their, their by their bye week, I didn't know that their bye week was week 13, so I think that was kind of like an obvious, <laughs> <laughs> an obvious statement to make. But – I did say that the Cardinals were the worst team in the NFL, and that this. Sh- and I also said on March 28th, if you go back to our Instagram, that I would have fired Matt Rule today, way back then. So I think that it was kind of obvious that they were a bad team. But now that everyone, now that they've fired, everyone's kind of saying it. I was ahead of it. So another victory lap for me, half victory lap. I'm gonna save the last hundred meters out of respect. Let's hope that Wyatt never uh, owns an NFL team. Don't get don't get hired by Wyatt. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be gone in two weeks if it if it doesn't look good. <laughs> the Panthers are fielding trade offers for McCaffrey already. Apparently, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Which he's the only player that they should trade. I think. I think you can keep the other young guys, but they shouldn't trade everybody. I think just McCaffrey, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, especially with running backs, like value just yeah. like so dropping off a cliff after a certain age, like. I think whatever they can get for him is solid. I've heard the Eagles as like a potential landing destination too, which I feel like shoot, OP would yeah, that'd be kind of would OP. be crazy. Yeah, yeah but I heard the Bills too, which is yeah, also yeah, super also OP. OP. They need they <laughs> need OP. him though. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I hope they don't because I have Devin Singletary on multiple fantasy teams, <laughs> so I would appreciate if that didn't happen. Is what I'll say. Well, um, I have Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team, so I would appreciate it if it did happen. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> um, so after that little victory lap from Wyatt, we're going to jump over to some NBA talk. Uh, the season kicks off next week, and we're not going to be talking about anything related to the actual season itself. Um, we're going to be talking about Draymond Green. So Warriors forward Draymond Green punched Quote, budding superstar Jordan Poole (laughs) (laughs) in the face during a practice. If you haven't seen the video, you can check it out. He really just, like, welled on him. So, originally, Draymond was just punished internally, but now that seems unlikely. So, Jared, we'll turn it to you. Um, Is Draymond on the Warriors more of a negative now than he is a positive with all the drama he seems to bring? I don't like Draymond Green's like shtick, but I think he is still worth the trouble. Um, first off, I I don't feel like I've heard much from the team, like Curry or team leaders basically, like Kerr and Curry, condemning it really that much. Uh, I think there's mm-hmm. there's been reports as well 
that Clay Thompson doesn't really like Jordan Poole that much. Um, might, might, might be a rumor, but I've seen that um, some reports about that too. The main argument, though, in a basketball sense, is that um, this comes from a nice podcast slash YouTube channel about basketball called Thinking Basketball. Because I don't mm-hmm. naturally understand basketball well enough uh, to quantify Draymond Green's impact. Uh, and Draymond Green would be really angry to hear that, I'm sure. But adding offensive players to Steph Curry has diminishing returns because not everybody can hold the ball at once. And a, a lot of the offensive skills that make players great will take away from somebody else's skills because you, you kind of need the ball. A lot of players need the ball in your hand in order to do anything on offense. But defense isn't really like that. You can make a, lo- uh, a lot more impact, obviously, without the ball in your hands because you're, you're on defense. But his value is really good, really large, really hard to replace as well. And that just allows the Warriors to do like what they do best. So they can play a really offensively oriented lineup because Draymond Green will help them on the back end. And even on the offensive side, he's a pretty good passer, so you don't really need him to score the way that mm-hmm. um, a lot of other teams might construct their roster. In terms of a little bit of numbers, uh, with Draymond on the court last year, the Warriors were the best team uh, in terms of defensive rating. Even without him, just overall throughout the season, they were the best team. But without him on the court, they would have been the 15th best team in terms of defensive rating. So they went from being the best defensive team to being just an average middle of the pack when Draymond wasn't on the court. Uh, and on offense, you have to use, admittedly, some pretty wacky stats, I think, to, to qualify and like some weird qualifiers to justify his impact. But he is like quite efficient in terms of how many shots per game and how many assists he creates. Like he, The middle of the season last year, he was averaging like seven assists per game and took less than six shots per game. So if you know if you're not taking that many shots and therefore not missing that many shots, you're not really hurting your team that much if you're just getting it to the playmakers. So I also think the fact that Steph Curry and Steve Kerr have dealt with this this act for so long says a lot about the leadership that's kind of in that locker room already and their determination to win. I don't know if Jordan Poole is going to get over it, but I think the rest of the team will and be like, we're just out here trying to win a championship. So I think overall... He is worth the trouble. And even if he's not, um, obviously they could trade him. I think he has a player option, I believe, for next season and turn that into some sort of sign-in trader, however that works. Or maybe Draymond doesn't want to come back at that point. Um, we'll see. But I think it comes down to the fact that adding an offensive player, like if you want to go green or pool, yes, pool's younger, but offensive players don't add as much or compliment as much Steph Curry's game as a defensive player does. So curious what y'all think though. I think you made a lot of good points. I, 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 I'm curious what you would say though. Like how many, how many people would he have to punch in the face for you to say he's not worth it anymore? <laughs> I, I, that was, I mean? that was one of my like auxiliary points is it, I feel like it depends mm-hmm. on who he punched to. Like obviously if you punch <laughs> Steph Curry, no, it does though. If, like no, if you punch fair. Steph Curry, yeah, you're, yeah. you're getting cut or, you know, you're probably not getting cut. They're still going to try to find value out of you, but you're, you're out the door immediately. If you punch Steph Curry, probably clay too. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know. He's probably their second most valuable player on that team. So it, it you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like how much value do you bring? So he, could, like, he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to build character for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. 
You can't be a superstar until you've been punched in the face. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, part yeah. of being a leader. You know, Steve it's part Kerr of Draymond's got punched role. in the face by Michael Jordan. Jared, exactly. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Steve <laughs> Kerr got punched in the face by Michael Jordan, not Draymond Green. At least Michael Jordan would go out there and put 36 on the other team. And Jordan and, and, and Draymond Green does not. And that's the problem is that that's the comparison. How many people have you punched in the face, Jared, uh, that you work with? <laughs> you, you and I, you and I are, no, you not, and I, you and I are twin brothers. We 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 have done most of the things in our entire lives together. You have never, and I have never lunged and punched you in the face because I was frustrated with the way you were doing something. If you watch the video, there's there's nothing that constitutes that looks like that constitutes that reaction out of Draymond Green that he has to then lunge and punch Jordan Poole in the face. I know that the reports come out and they're kind of like they're kind of like validating what Draymond Green did that Jordan Poole is an annoying person to be around. But again, Jared, when have we ever have you ever punched me in the face? Have you ever punched any Aiden or Bart or Lucas in the face at school or whatever? Yeah, yeah. several Aiden's done this. Uh, have <laughs> you ever like <laughs> like lunge into it? Jordan Poole pushes yeah. him off and then that's it. And I think Draymond Green's greatest strength is also his greatest weakness is that he's self-destructive. He is he he will push the envelope over and over and over again, but that's also that's bit them in the ass a handful of times. He got himself suspended for a game in the finals because he kicked somebody else in the nuts, which led Le- LeBron James to a massive comeback. He yelled at Kevin Durant and he said, "We don't need you anymore. Get your ass out of here." And he left. Now he punches Jordan Poole in the face. He's going to be an important person for that team. I know that we like to laugh and joke about him being a budding superstar, but he is an important person. They are going to sign him to extension, mm-hmm. and he's the he's probably the second best scorer on that team now that Clay Thompson has kind of fallen off a little bit. He has an incredibly mm-hmm. high basketball IQ, uh, Draymond Green does, and his finger is on the pulse for the Warriors culture, but he now thinks he can do and say whatever the hell he wants to, and that is going to bite them in the ass more times than it and it's proven that it has. It's cost him championships that it, that it, because of the way he he acts around everybody. So, yeah, like, like you think, think it's almost cost certainly. Him. Go ahead, go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, I think like almost certainly, like they would have won that 2016 championship if he didn't like punch LeBron and get suspended for the game. Like I think that I don't know. You can't go back and predict history whether the three one comeback would have happened at all. But I think like almost certainly they would have won in 2016 had it not been for that punch. So. I think, like, even in a very real sense, he's, like, cost him at least one championship. And, you know, hopefully something like this doesn't cost it again because, I don't know, he's won four titles with the Warriors. It's not like he's slacked in terms of, like, his success. But I wonder at what point the value he brings couldn't just be substituted by something else. Someone, or, sorry, someone else that does something vaguely similar who doesn't punch teammates in the face. <laughs> Yeah, it just feels like there is, there aren't that many players who do something vaguely similar. And maybe that's just because they haven't had that role. But Draymond is a pretty unique, when you look at his stats or just the kind of the way he plays, he is pretty unique in being a guy who's not ball-centered, can pass, can rebound, kind of fits in their undersized lineup. So I, I don't think he would be super easy to replace, even if, yeah, it's at a certain point the non-basketball stuff is going to become too much. Would think. He's, I feel like I don't say like it ever will become too much. They're just gonna say once his production's gone, yeah. then you're gone. Yeah. Then then we yeah then we won't. I guess yeah. in that way that scale will change. And but, we'll say he's but he's he's already teetering anymore. that line 
because they could have gave him gave him an extension already, and they haven't. And I think he's teetering that line of, are you still useful to us anymore? Because mm-hmm. at the very least, Andrew Wiggins is guarding the other team's number one guy. And between Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, and Draymond Green, one of those guys is going to have to take a team-friendly deal. And you know what? It, it's, it has to be Draymond Green, not only as a leader, but as a guy who's like, my skill sets do not translate anywhere else outside of Golden State. Anywhere else outside next to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and a handful of other young shooters. Because if he goes to Detroit and he puts up six points and four rebounds, but he has a high defensive IQ, nobody will give a damn about what he has to say about on his podcast or anything like that. And no, that's he's going to he's th- going to Sacramento, according to Jordan. Poole. <laughs> according to Jordan Poole, yes. Apparently, that was one of the things that like lit up the like feud between them. Is he would tease him about going to Sacramento. So yeah, funny. did anybody else did anybody else <laughs> read like Jordan Poole's insults? They're actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, really funny. funny. They are funny. Yeah. They are funny. But I mean Apparently there was all the, the underlying like Michigan, Michigan State beef too, which like I didn't realize oh. would be such a big deal at this point because Jordan Who Poole cares? went to Michigan and Draymond went yeah. to Michigan State. Draymond has won four championships and he's still caring caring about <laughs> Michigan sorry. State. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if if, if that's real. Him. Yeah. But I mean yeah. Again, if Draymond, as far as like the money and the contracts are concerned, if Draymond Green wins five championships with the Warriors and he is making less, his value off the court is incredibly high. But if he isn't, if, but if he decides to play, he's not going to play 10 more years. But I mean, like if he decides to play somewhere else and he never makes an, an impactful game ever again, you know, his value as the next Charles Barkley is going down. The last time topic we have for discussion on this point is the Warriors have made kind of a big deal about the video being leaked um, and not as much about the fact that Draymond punched a teammate. Uh, how do we feel about that? Yeah, they missed the point on that for sure. Um, I understand the... I would be mad if I was a player. I would also be mad that the video... I think I personally, at least, would be mad that the video got leaked. But... You have to always understand these sorts of things in context. And I feel like there's a lot of things in sports um, that in the context of sports kind of gets brushed to the side. But if this happened in any other context, like this is literally an assault, right? Like somebody's, I mean, we just saw a cameraman pressing charges against Devonte Adams for pushing him. If this is some random person on the street that gets punched like this, like you're also pressing charges against somebody. Mm-hmm. Obviously Jordan Poole's not going to do that, but. Dude, if there yeah, is, so I, I think they missed the point. <laughs> if Jordan Poole pressed charges, that would be <laughs> wildest. <laughs> that, would, that would be absolutely that crazy. Never happened, but anyway. Did anyone see Draymond's quote about how he, he was really frustrated about the the way the video was like framed and that it was made to make him look bad? No, like, no, it's it, just, yeah, it's it was, like, <laughs> this was not digitally edited in any way. Like, this is just literally you punching him in the face. Yeah. I thought that was so ridiculous. I think. Kerr's quote about how they need to do better kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's like it's clear that the Warriors culture kind of enables it I guess it seems that Mm -hmm. way at least and so it's like Kerr you didn't really have to say that and now Draymond thinks he's in the right to defend himself and make claims like oh the video was put out this way to make me look bad stuff like that it's just not helpful (laughs) yeah Mm. I mean it's still kind of enabling Draymond to some degree you know like if this hadn't leaked it probably would have just been viewed in Kerr's mind or certain people within the organization's mind as, oh, it's Draymond. This is part of what he does. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's fiery. Yeah. You know, there was also an article that came out that said 
like when these sorts of fights happen, at least when it's like a one punch kind of fight, a lot of players didn't actually see the impact, right? Or like they didn't actually see the fight at all. And then when players saw that, apparently, apparently, like according to sources, they were kind of shocked at seeing it, actually seeing it happen. So it's interesting. It does look worse than I originally thought. You know, M- NBA it's, fights is vicious. NBA fights are not mm-hmm. real. They're kind of like the mm-hmm. like sissy little punches, and and this was a very mm-hmm. real punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just like. <clears throat> I mean, you you read the headline and you think that they like squared up first. Like, yeah, right. no chance. <laughs> yeah. I just went for him. Alright. Well there's no seamless way to transition to our next segment. <laughs> 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 the NFL <laughs> uh the Bengals dropped to two and three this past week. They lost on a last minute field goal. Uh, to Justin Tucker, a self-proclaimed system kicker, and the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Uh, there have been some circulating takes on the internet that Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, is not a very good coach, um, even though his resume now includes a Super Bowl appearance. Wyatt, what do you think? Is Zach Taylor holding back the Bengals, and how could they be? Or how good could they be with a different head coach? This one's so interesting. I've heard this take a handful of times on the internet, and I... The answer is I don't really know. I think he's a good coach. I don't think that you get to the Super Bowl with a fluke. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, he's had a handful of impressive wins. And then also he has like, I've we've got to the number one overall pick on his resume. So it's kind of like it's a really tough position to be in. But I think that his play calling is often a little strange and often boring. And there's a couple weird things that, that kind of stand out from the Baltimore Ravens game is they're, they're about two yards away from the end zone and he decides to run the Philly special on the goal line when you have Joe Mixon who gets 5.6 yards per carry and like what like every team has seen the Philly special. We all saw the Super Bowl and every team has probably ran it then after that point and it's just getting way too cute. And then he also tries to go for that Kansas City Chiefs tight end shovel pass on the goal line as well. When again you have Joe Mixon and you're two yards away, like the, those are the type of things that really stand out to me as far as like a play caller is when you are either too cute when you don't need to be and way too boring when you need to kind of mix it up a little bit. And like it seems like his only plays are four verts and, and ISO sometimes. So it just doesn't make any sense that that Joe Burrow is going to consistently have to fit things into a tight window and. It's just I'm just very confused at the way he calls plays every once in a while, and a lot of teams now have impl- implemented the young like quarterback killer, the too high safety look, and this is an interesting stat that stuck out to me. EPA fun new new stat alert by the way since trying to top uh, Bart's Pythagorean theorem <laughs> one from uh, <laughs> from uh, yeah. a couple week or two ago. Expected points added. It's a formula to determine a play success rate, which is a combination of like touchdowns and total yards to determine EPA for, like, a team. So when the Bengals are against a one-high uh, one high safety look, the EPA is .160. When Bengals are against a two-high look, it is negative .184. And at the very least, you can understand that negative is worse and positive is good. But it's it, they're more expected to score on a one-high look, and they're expected to lose yards on a per-play basis against two-high. And Zach Taylor has failed to adjust to that. Have we ever heard of a smash concept? 
How about you throw something to the outside or into the deep middle? Or you activate Joe Mixon, who is one of the best running backs in the league. You get the safeties and linebackers to play honest, and then you do play action off of that. So there's a couple of things that's like they they feel like easy adjustments, and then he decides to get cute with his play calling. So I'm not 100% sure if it's good or bad, but it's it needs to be fixed. The comparison I've been seeing a lot of is Nick Sirianni, who gave up play calling duties and is just the head coach now, and that's working out really well for him. So, yeah, I, I think that it would make sense for for Taylor to at least try. the The, the thing I th- I thought was interesting was the, the comparison with the Vikes and what Kevin O'Connell was doing this year, because like, it, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson basically is the comparison, where like teams are now scheming to get <coughs> Jamar Chase out of the picture, right? They're doubling him. Uh, and that should theoretically open up other guys for really easy throws for Joe Burrow if the play design is interesting enough. And you look at, you look at some Vikes games, and that happens all the time now because teams are literally – they're so focused on one guy. But the Bengals offense, like you said, Wyatt, is too, it's too generic still. They haven't adjusted at all, and it's weird that they wouldn't be able to maximize their talent, which seems in theory like it should be easy to do because they have so many good skill guys. And I think we, if you look at an offense, and not just to blow smoke up my own team's ass, but if you look at the the Giants, who don't have anybody like the like Kev, Kenny Galladay and Wandell Robinson and um, Kadarius Tony have not played, and they're still four and one, and they have a decent offense. They at least have a higher scoring offense than the uh, the, the Bengals, do, at least in the red zone. And it's just like, and by the way, Brian Dable also does not call plays. Uh, but he, uh, he you ha- just have to do a better job. Like, it's a copycat league. Just copy somebody. Just start copying other people's schemes and, and start running them. And I I guess the question, to answer the question originally, is I bet you if they did have a Brian Dayball-type play caller or some, somebody of that caliber, yes, they would be a better team. Because I think that it's just – it's – it's just it's it's boring. It's all so boring just to watch like the same like five plays happen. There's a scene in Remember the Titans where the where uh, Denzel Washington hands the playbook to the coach and the coach comes back and he goes, "There's only three plays in here." He's like, "That's all we need." That's exactly what's happening in Cincinnati right now. Is that there's like three <laughs> plays in that playbook oh and a tight end shuffle pass. Mm-hmm. Right, well, what do we think the Bengals' ceiling is this year, then? Ten wins. I think second-round exit, second-round playoff exit. They could win a playoff game, but this team didn't get better enough in the weaknesses that they had from last year to make another run, I don't think. Yeah. yeah I don't know about their ceiling, but... Oh, sorry, right. Uh, but a few weeks ago, I think I said 9-8 and eight and that they missed the playoffs, and I think I still stand by that. Um, mm-hmm. Though, if you look at their, like upcoming schedule it is full of winnable games like their next six games are saints falcons browns panthers steelers titans they could go six and oh but this will be a a telling period for them like they could totally go three and three or two and four where they could like actually start kind of getting on a run here What about what about uh I didn't do a deep dive into this, but what about Zach Taylor's defensive schemes? I mean, for example, they they were two and zero against the Chiefs last year. 
and they were able to contain Mahomes last year in that playoff game and keep and keep everything in front, which a lot of teams say they want to do, but a lot of teams don't actually execute that, and that's when they had Tyreek Hill too. So I don't know. Been pretty good. Been pretty good on that side. This year they have the, I want to say, eighth, eighth best defense in terms of points per game. So that seems to be a consistent bright spot for him. I don't know how much he's involved in that and, like, who's playing calls. I know Notre Dame, we have their, their defensive coordinator from last year now, but, yeah. Hmm. Well, crickets. Hopefully there's no crickets on um, reception. your guys' reception and reaction to this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, join the discussion by following us and dropping a comment on either our latest Instagram post or Twitter post. Our handle is the same on both at lunchpailguys underscore, and we'll see you next week.